Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. Okay, moose are extremely large herbivores. They can stand like five and a half feet to seven feet tall at their shoulder, okay? And they can weigh between 1,500 and 2,000 pounds. So imagine a really tall, extremely overweight horse, and you might kind of have an idea of how big they are. They um, have really long faces. In fact, their muzzle hangs down pat their chin, and they call it a bell. Uh, the bull moose, their antlers often get to be six feet across, huge things. But they have very tiny eyes. They have poor eyesight. And, um, but they make up for it because they have really keen sense of smell and sense of hearing. Um, one thing I think is interesting about the moose is they have enormous feet, like big pancakes. They're like snowshoes, so the moose get around really easily in the winter. Something else that's really unusual about moose, though, are their knees. Their front knees and their back knees are double-jointed. So they can, you know, bend down super easy and lay down. They can actually bend all four legs and then spring up and over a seven-foot fence. And they can also kick forward like that. Very few animals can kick forward like that. They only do that for self-defense. The thing about moose is, you know, they're pretty solitary creatures. They're really docile. They don't hang out with other moose usually. They're not pack animals. And the only time really that they get agitated or they're, get, they're aggressive is if you startle them or if you happen to get between a cow and her calf, or you run into a moose and it's mating season and their hormones are really raging, really not a good idea. Well, I'd never been up close and personal with a moose until I moved to Anchorage, Alaska in like the mid-1990s. Never seen one in the woods, and I'd never seen one in my neighborhood. But in Anchorage, moose are everywhere. It's like raccoons here in Portland. They're everywhere. And they, they've really adapted to the urban environment. Not because they want to, but because they have to, because the habitat keeps disappearing. So the moose come into town, and they eat your trees, and they have their calves, and they do whatever other things moose do. We would see them quite frequently. You know, you'd open the door, you're going to go to work in the morning, and there's a moose in your driveway. Or I would be walking um, our little dog. We had a corgi named Bobby. We'd walk in the evenings, and we'd see moose quite often. 
And as soon as we did, we'd take an immediate detour. My son Emmett and his best friend Terry, he lived in the same cul-de-sac that we did, they would see moose when they walked to school. They would take the trail down between our houses to the elementary school, and once or twice a week there'd be a moose there. So then they'd have to find a different way to school. One time we kind of made a big mistake with the moose. We were so excited the first year or two that we were in Anchorage, and there was a Bullwinkle family living in our backyard in the green space. It was so cool that we thought we should feed them apples. Yeah, not, not really such a bright idea. One morning we came downstairs and all three moose, the bull, the cow, and the calf, were standing right on the other side of the big pane glass window <laughs> waiting for breakfast. <laughs> So that was pretty much, you know, the end of those uh, apples. But we, you know, we learned to coexist with them and be careful um, because those encounters, those human moose encounters that turned deadly were really not all that infrequent in Anchorage. One time, uh, there was a professor at the University of Anchorage um, walking to a class, and she got between a mother cow and a calf and was stomped to death. So when you live in Alaska, you know, you get used to living around bears and wolves and moose. It can be really exciting. It can also be kind of risky. But the thing I think that keeps people in Alaska is the beauty. I mean, if you've never been there, it is spectacular. It's gorgeous. And it was one of those like super beautiful days in Alaska. It was fall and it was the equinox. And it's those days that you get and they're warm and the leaves on the birch trees have all turned yellow and they're just shimmering in the sunlight. And every cell in your body says, go outside, be outside because within a few weeks, you know, it's gonna be dark and cold, and for months, you're gonna have three or four feet of snow. So you go out on days like that. Well, I had come home early from work that day on the equinox, and it was gorgeous, and I was gonna go out for a walk. And the only person home at that time was my son Emmett, and he was in the living room with our little dog, Bobby. I said, hey, come on, Em, let's, let's go down and take a short walk before dinner. Great, that sounds great. I'll go see if Terry wants to go. They were kind of inseparable. They were in the fourth grade. They were going on 10 years old. So pretty soon, all four of us are in the car and we're headed down to the Tony Knowles Trail. It's a beautiful, beautiful trail. It's really wide and it's paved and it winds down through the woods and down to the inlet. And you can go cross-country skiing on that trail in the winter, walk, bike, it's, it's beautiful. And it was about 10 minutes from our house. 
So we get down there and we park the car and we start walking down the trail. And the boys are running and laughing ahead of me. Bob's walking by. It's gorgeous, you know. And we start to go down this hill and we see these two bikes coming towards us. And these cyclists roll up and they stop. And they're like, hey, there is this really big moose, this cow and her calf right down at the bottom of that hill. And she's not moving. She's not getting off the trail. So we're, we're going to go home. I'm like, shoot, you know, I was all ready for a nice walk. But maybe we better go to, you know. And they start to get on their bikes and they go, oh, no. And I look behind to see what they're looking at. And there, 30 feet away, was a big cow and her calf. So now we're blocked in between the moose. And they're, you know, they're like, okay, we are, we're going to get on our bikes and we're going to go on either side of that cow and we're going to get up to the parking lot and we'll find the ranger and we'll send help. I'm like, okay, that sounds good because, you know, right now I, I'm not exactly sure what to do. So they got on their bikes, went screaming past this cow. She didn't move. They go up the hill. So the boys and I, we kind of stepped back off the trail a little bit, and we're waiting. And it's starting to get dusk, and we're waiting. No ranger and no help. So it's like, all right, we, you know, we got to get out of here. Um, so we're watching for moose. And right off to our left was Campbell Lake. And there was a little trail that I knew went around the lake and then went up this hill into the parking lot. So I'm like, all right, Emmett and Terry, let's, let's take that little trail and we can get back to the car because, you know, it's getting dark. So we started walking on this trail. And it wasn't long before, you know, we're looking out at the lake, and we're seeing all kinds of moose. I mean, not one, not two, but lots of moose. And I'm like, you know, what are they all doing here? I don't, you know, I don't get it. And then I was like, oh, no. It's the running season. It's fall. They're all looking for a mate. And they were having like this great singles party at that lake, you know, great for them, but not great for us. And I'm like, you know, so we can't really go back and it's getting darker. And so I'm like, all right, look, the lake's down because it was the end of the summer. So it's swampy. We would call it muskeg up there. So I said, let's try and go from dry spot to dry spot and kind of zigzag our way across the lake, watching the, all the moose on the edges and talk, talk loud. And so that's what we did. And we tried to go from spot to spot. And when we missed it, you just kind of slog through, you know. But we had to get out of there. And as we're walking along, 
I'm, all I'm thinking about is, you know, how stupid I was. I mean, I'm a Girl Scout. And I left. I didn't leave a note. Nobody knew where we were, what we were doing. I didn't have my walking stick, didn't have my pack. No matches, no knife, no flashlight, you know? And as we walked and it got darker, I just got more concerned and more afraid. I mean, I had been a hiker and a backpacker my whole life. I'd always been prepared in the wilderness. And I knew how to avoid animals and not startle them. And because of the careless mistake, I put everybody in danger. And I didn't want to be one of those really ugly statistics, you know? Human moose encounter gone bad, you know, with woman and two boys and dog. That would have been really bad. So, but fortunately, we made it. We made it across the lake. And by now, it's, it's dark and the moon's up. But we can see the trail as it switchbacks up the hill to the ridge. And we know that the parking lot is up there. So we start up, and we're going up this trail. And then without any warning, this big bull moose like comes crashing down over the top of the ridge, like right there, right next to us. And we are just frozen. And he crashes down and heads down to the lake. And we stood there for a second, and it was just like, all right, we got to keep going. And so we turned to go on the trail. And about 20 feet away is, I swear, the biggest bull moose I have ever seen. And its hackles go up, and it charges. Get into the bushes. Be still. Terry dives into the brush. I pick up Bob. I dive into the, into the brush and the trees. Emmett doesn't make it that far. So he dashes right here. We're hiding in the bushes, and Emmett is standing behind this fir tree. The moose stops, and it's breathing. You know, it's just breathing and kind of snorting. It's trying to pick up the scent. Terry is lying face down on the ground. I'm sure he's praying. I'm crouched down. Bobby's laying next to me, doesn't move a muscle. I can almost touch Emmett. The tree's like right there. But I can't move. I'm powerless to do anything. The best thing for us was to be still and quiet, and right then, darkness was our best friend. And I'm looking at Emmett, you know, eyes as big as saucers. He's about that tall. I don't think he blinked. I couldn't even see him breathe. And I just kept thinking, please, don't let anything happen to Emmett. And don't let anything happen to us. Just get us out of here. I promise I'll never do this again. 
and I'm looking at that moose, and he starts walking towards us. And it doesn't take long for them to cross ground, right? They're pretty tall. They take a couple of steps. They're right there. And he stops right next to that tree. And we're hiding, and Emmett's there. And that moose is like pretty much next to Emmett. And his head is like right above Emmett's head. And that bell is brushing the top of Emmett's head. And he, that moose just takes this breath and exhales and turns and walks down that trail to the lake. And I just want to, you know, jump up and grab Emmett, but I can't. I mean, we just stayed quiet, and we didn't move until we couldn't hear that moose at all. We couldn't hear anything. Okay. Okay, on the count of three, we're going to run. We've got to get to the car. One, two, three, go. And we start running through the woods up this hill. We're not on the trail anymore. It's just moonlight. And we're stumbling and crashing. We get to that top of the ridge, and I can see the parking lot lights. I'm like, go, get to the car. And we made it. And we were in the car, safely in the car. Car, you know. But we've got the doors locked. And we, at this point, <laughs> are just like, oh my god, we almost died. And we are so excited, but so panicked, that we are laughing and crying, and we're talking over each other, and Bobby's whining and licking everybody and jumping around the car. Oh my gosh. Once I was composed enough to drive, you know, I start the car, turn on the lights, and we're pulling out of the parking lot. And in the headlights is another bull moose. <laughs> you know, and this is a pretty small car in comparison to that moose. And he's just standing there in the headlights. And we're just kind of looking. And he's looking at the car. And then he turns and goes down the Tony Knowles trail. And I turn the other way and go home. And I park the car, and Terry jumps out of, out of the car, and he's going to run home and tell his mom and dad about this great adventure we had. <laughs> oh, my god. You know, I can hear the phone call now. Emmett runs into the house to tell his dad and his sister about what had happened. You know, but I just stood outside for a while. I mean, I'm just like. So grateful. And it was this beautiful equinox night. And I just kept thinking about what had happened. And I was thanking God and the goddess and my guardian angels and the saints and the spirits. Anybody out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. Nobody got hurt, and Emmett was spared. You know, we were lucky. But I don't rely on dumb luck anymore. 
I'm always prepared and I'm always aware whenever I go walking anymore where the wild things are. <laughs>